fellows welcome to the next episode of jagged with jasravi subscribe to my channel for conversations at the edge with thought leaders from the marketing branding and the business world conversations that ignite new ideas ideas with rough and sharp edges hi clint so nice to have you hi. on <laughs> hey thanks for having me glad to be here okay clint if i requested you to tweet your profile what would you say yeah that's a good question um after some thought uh and deliberation i decided it would be a 50 year old entrepreneur finding solutions via oblique angles and loves tennis and loves tennis oh nice okay <laughs> i don't know if that was exactly <laughs> oblique angles yeah it's all about oblique angles in my world isn't that very jagged <laughs> oh yeah i thought you might like that awesome i was just talking to a friend uh some time back and we were like the best part of this life stage is that we know what works for us uh you know the self awareness <laughs> and we know where we can add most value so that's amazing right i so, agree yeah mm -hmm. yeah so clint when you say tattoo not brands you know uh, you've written a book about it could you tell us about this approach what is the unique aspect of it and if you could use a case study to explain you know how this is different from a conventional approach sure so yeah my book that um my first book took took 10 years at least to write so i think that it it represents really what i i know pretty well and and that's um that there's a danger in every business organization influencer um movement talking about themselves as being a brand wanting to become a building their brand because they're not a brand is a brand is something very rigid and specific it's not bad it's not good it just is a brand the term comes from you know burning um burning an impression onto the skin of an animal done for you know practical reasons of of understanding who who owns what so even on that surface i don't think you want to be a brand you don't want to you don't want to force yourself rigidly onto onto the people that are going to be deriving value from what you do however a tattoo is is flexible the choice tends to be something that is um very much entwined with lifestyle doesn't have to be one thing doesn't have to be one thing to a lot of people it can be narrative personal intimate um or public sort of a a case study um that is sort of easy to shorthand here is like if you think about uber and lift i write about this you know it's kind of a easy way to to think about it i think uber is a brand uber uber invented this category and and has stamped you know has literally burned their impression on the 
the brains of um, the world, the globe. They, they invented a, a verb to become a verb. Generally, when something becomes a verb, that means that it's it is a brand and uh, it should act like a brand. Uber has um, made the business decision to cover ubiquity, right? So I think the reason why they got uh, profitable in the last few quarters is because of their food delivery service. And that, you know, that was brought on by the pandemic and, you know, things just, just like, just like all things in life, you can't predict that. And they were at the right place at the right time. And it helped, it helped build their brand. They're also into logistics and um, anything where uh, getting something or somebody from point A to point B is involved. So that's a brand. Now Lyft, is, is more of a tattoo. Lyft has chosen to focus on transportation. They've chosen to take a approach that is more personal, that um, often gets where they were the first to get behind movements, BLM and um, pride and, and, and to, to embrace certain parts of the community where they felt they could be um, resonant. So their goal does not seem to be to solve every problem for every person as it pertains to, to getting something, but rather to, uh, to, to address the transportation needs of, um, of certain people. You know, they, they have some scooters in major cities in, in the United States now. Um, they also allow you to donate part of your fare to a, to a, a movement or charity of your, of your, of your choice. So things like that are make, um, make the, the comparison for me. And then I'd also throw in one like Revel. Revel is a transportation um, company. If you're not familiar that uses all electric vehicles as well as scooters. And um, the scooters are the ones, the ones that you scoot on, I guess. That, and there's also the mini, mini bikes or I, I'm not, I'm not a, user of that but so that's an even more sort of um tattoo ish thing given the 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 geographical limitations and their their focus on ev is that helpful yes definitely clint for our audiences to really appreciate the difference uh, could you uh talk about the differences or advantages of thinking of a brand as a tattoo and not as a brand. So uh, you want a brand, but when you think of it as a tattoo, there are certain aspects of a tattoo that that uh, you know come to foresight that uh, changes the way you think of a brand. What are those aspects, and why has it become important for the times? Yeah, I, I think the way to reframe that for me is: you don't want a brand. You don't want a rigid you know, uh, forced, uh, forced, um, into interaction with the consumer. You don't, you don't, most, uh, most, uh, companies that are in the startup space or small to mid cap space, really, they don't want that, that it's just, um, it's a terminology. So they want a relationship with customers, right? Mm -hmm. That that's the way to think about it. So just like in any other scenario, I think you have to think about the type of relationship that you want to be able to foster with um, 
those that will most likely be be interested and will be the least resistant to converting to sampling to to understanding why you you know why why should I use um, you know one of one of my clients is a eco friendly housewares provider you know why should I use a bamboo toothbrush instead of a plastic one well if you you know if you if you're interested in ocean conversation conservation, then you better not be using a plastic one. <laughs> so it's that type of sort of clear, stark lifestyle choices that may make sense for you and may be an option for you given your income or your education level or just the way you look at the world. So flexibility is the hallmark of a tattoo as well as it being a true reflection of your personality, which is a great, you know, a great thing to have with the things that you spend money on and the things that you you choose to be in your, you know, in your environment and in your, um, in your daily daily use. So the way the brand, the way we are doing branding, I mean, uh, uh, whether we call it a brand, whether we call it an interaction, whether we call it a relationship is definitely changing. It's less static. Brands today need to be a larger space and then they can be flexible because when, when content is getting created, it does evolve uh, with what is relevant uh, to the consumer, but it, it's, it's less of a fixed spot and it's, it's of a larger space uh, typically uh, so that you know, it can uh, evolve with a consumer. Um, yeah, the, um, I think the best case scenario is growth that speaks to um, your ability to do what you do better than anyone else. Generally, growing too fast is the, is the death of most companies uh, because either the product's not ready or the, the support team's not there or... Um, the instinct to be a brand and to build a brand and, and, and um, you know, have this scaling that is untenable un puts you in a position where you can't ever compete because your resources are not at the same level as true brands. Yes. Yes. So, so uh, Clint, when you say, uh, decoding culture what is your tattoo type what do you mean by that could you explain sure sure um so we have broken down cat tattoos in three major um categories first there's the classic the ones that have been around forever they they are clear whether it's the mother in 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 flowers and, and um, graphic type or the anchor or Mickey Mouse or something like that. It's something something that is tried and true, well-known um, and clear, but from its, from its time in the market. Um, then there is the custom tattoo where you're taking something very specific to you um, and putting it on your body because it's specifically important. So that is um, akin to, you know, bespoke companies, things that are, that are allowed to be extremely customized 
to you that have such a flexibility that they can speak to many people in, you know, in the course of doing business. And then there's the contemporary ones, you know, that tend to be trendy. Uh, you see a lot of sort of anime and a lot of Japanese airbrushing and, you know, sort of very beautiful covering of, of a whole arm or a whole back. It's almost like a piece of art. Um, and those tend to be, you know, sort of businesses or, or organizations that have very of the moment relevance. And um, with those, the struggle is often how do you maintain relevancy in the marketplace so that that's always a blind spot for something like that are you going to are you going to be excited about that tattoo in five ten years and that's something you know that evolution needs to be extremely um top of mind for the leadership of that type of company okay okay yeah, i mean so example like classic would be coke yeah right yeah um custom would be something like Land Rover. Mm. You know, there's sort of a, a, a idea of rugged elegance, but there's a there's a limited product line that's very customizable. And then a contemporary would be uh, an online service like Eventbrite that we have in North America that um, evolved significantly during the pandemic, going from a ticketing platform for small events to being more of a fundraising platform for events, um, for community oriented events so that um, it didn't have to be one thing. It, it could be whatever the value exchange was necessary for that, um, for that situation. And then uh, you, you talk about the four, mon uh, four main motivators, uh, consumers, and I found that very interesting. So how did you uh, how did you uh, make these four buckets and what are these? Yeah, it's it's derives first from um, Maslow's hierarchy. Mm. So it's a that's a um, pyramid, and at the bottom, you know, it's the the basics: food, uh, shelter, warmth, right? Mm. Uh, and you build up from there to the top, which is self-actualization and being, you know, being the best version of yourself. So we developed this system. It's called the snow analysis, S N O W. And so it's a, if you think about it as a grid, you can, you can take the potential audience for anything you could you know you could look at the the census and understand how many people live in a in a town or a city let's say it's let's say it's a hundred thousand those and let's say we're um let's say our business is um a hair salon why not so you would you would start with the s which is people that are supposed to go there so that would be easy math because are you servicing men and women? If, if not, then um, you could eliminate many. Uh, you could eliminate probably half, right? Or if you're servicing both, then so, but that's a business decision. That, that would be a good um, thing to think about before you even contemplate opening your doors. What is the size of your market? So supposed to be is those that would um, 
get their hair done every, for me, I'm, I don't have much hair, but it's, it's every two weeks for me. Right. So I, I'm, if I'm going to look the way I want to look the way I'm supposed to look, I would need to go every two weeks different for, for different people, but there are patterns, there are rhythms to that. Right. Then there's those that need to do it. Um, so the need to do it are the people that whole identity is wrapped up in the way maybe a certain stylist is able to do their hair, their nails, their makeup, whatever, whatever offices you, so it's, so it's so important to you that you must go. You're probably going a couple times a week, right? And that's, those customers have a lot of value. There may not be many of them, but they make up for the ones that um, come less frequently. Then there's um, O is for obligated. That's your, you know, maybe it's your best friend, your parents, your um, your aunts and uncles. You know, people people that owe it to you to do that just because of your relationship with them. Another way to think about that is like, um, you know, with a, a museum and school groups. Oftentimes museums don't utilize that enough because the kids have to go to museums. It's it's part of their curriculum, and they don't. It, it, it's the teachers are less interested in which museum they're going to, but rather the the fact that they're they're expanding the horizons of the kids. So that can work across, you know, uh, um, elementary school, colleges, graduate schools. All those you can find things that are obligated to go and that, that can help build your base. And then there's want to go, you know, want W and that's those that um, are doing it because it's um, it's important to them. It's important to the way they conduct themselves. And it's somewhere in between the supposed to, and the, the need to, it's they, they literally want to go there and generally you just need to remind them. Um, maybe that's best through a um, loyalty program or through a discount, or if, if you're seeing through a CRM where you're not seeing them, you know, you know that the intention is there. It's just a matter of um, reminding. So that's the snow system. And um, I think it's kind of uh, simple, but uh, maybe deceivingly simple because everything's really a math problem. Once you look at it that way, there's no, there's no ambiguity. If you're, if you're breaking it down in that, um, that context. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of, uh, you know, small questions. Uh, a, when you say giving your customers the opportunity to judge you is a smart thing. Why do you say that? And also why do you say that, uh, short-term killing, uh, short-term thinking is killing marketing. You know, if you could explain with examples what you mean. Yeah, that. sure, sure. So I'll take take it in order. Um, the the first part um, of the love it, hate it, don't miss it came from the one of the first campaigns I I did in my career in um, the mid '90s at the Whitney Museum of American Art, and that we 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 kind of addressed the fact that an audience for an art museum is, is going to have a level of education and general curiosity that might differentiate it from other, other things. So our decision was to not simplify the, the offering 
into a, a photo of one of the things that they could see or several photos of one of the things that they could see, but rather appeal to their curiosity and intelligence and say, you know, I can't guarantee that this is going to be great, but I can guarantee that it's going to be very interesting. And I, I can guarantee that other people in your world are going to be talking about it. And if you want to be part of that conversation, then you can't miss it. So it, it leveraged the idea, the, the idea of FOMO, the fear of missing out, the idea of being part of the conversation, as well as not risking sort of giving a limited and potentially um, non-impressive view of what you're going to see at a, at a museum exhibition. It's a tricky thing because it's never the same as being there in person. So that, that's, that's where I started to think about that. And it, it, it had a lot of success. And that year was one of the best ever. Uh, the museum continued to utilize it. Um, so I knew there was something there. And then I, I started to see how it could, it could be used in other work that we did. And also how it was being used in things like the um, Dos Equis beer campaign of the most interesting man in the world who says, you know, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I drink Dos Equis. And that has a similar um, level of confidence and a similar level of sophistication that's saying, you know, it's up to you. But if you don't try it, then you may be missing out on something really important. So that's that's what I was thinking there. And, and then with um, the short-sightedness, I think that ties back into some some of the stuff that we were talking about before and the, the idea that you have to be everything to everybody immediately. And that that is that is a, a temptation that has to be has to be curtailed because it it um, does not respect the laws of 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 attraction, the laws of reality, the laws of of of, of psychology. You know, nobody, nobody is able to make a, a judgment about something so quickly that it results in a, in a purchase. Yes, a small part of the market does that between, you know, 0.1% and maybe 2, 2.5% on a general adoption curve. But that's a tiny part of the market. That's leaving 99 to, you know, 97.5% of the market out. And it requires patience and, and a longer point of view in order to um, see the, you know, see the true momentum and the true trajectory come together for marketing goals. Uh, and Clint, when you say nonprofit organizations and social impact enterprises, there is a way they can be best version of themselves. What do you mean? The simple solution there is to is to think of yourself as a tattoo. Think of yourself as a um, a place and a and a resource that speaks to real people with um, the type of ambitions that connect with the mission, as opposed to being one thing to you know to a community. You know, I think it does go tie back into the love it, hate it, don't miss it as well. It's like, you know, we will we will do everything we can to fulfill our mission, but it requires a collaboration and a, and a, and a relationship with the customers where 
we we need to be making progress based on mutual uh, work. You know, a, a nonprofit is really a place where um, things that wouldn't normally thrive in the mar- in the commercial marketplace will have a chance. So, but that requires a different uh, connection with your customer and asking them for um, their participation, their contributions, their um, their ideas, and and their their support really. And that's I don't see that enough. I see more uh, very product oriented. Uh, approaches where you're often just seeing a photo of something and uh, an announcement that it's happening or, or a plea to help without any context. So you have to tell a story, you have to be authentic, you have to really um, understand that there's many reasons for somebody to care about something as dynamic as a, as a, as a social impact um, organization or, or a movement. What's something new happening in your life right now? A new book. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be? Spain. Hmm. What would you change about yourself if you had to? More discipline. Okay. Your favorite childhood memory? The Jersey Shore. Okay. Your guilty pleasure? Expensive tequila. <laughs> your deepest fear acceptance if you were to devote the rest of your life to philanthropy what cause would you choose ocean conservation how would you like strangers to remember you quiet but funny uh, what is a lesson that took you a long time to learn oh, authenticity I'd request you to share any online addresses, which we, uh, you know, provide in the show notes as well. Uh, also about your book, how they can get to it. All the links will be provided. Uh, oh, thank you. Sure. Yeah. Tattoosnotbrands.com is the main hub. Um, podcast, book, consulting, general, uh, um, general thoughts and um, insights are also on all the social channels every day there's stuff and samples of the book and stuff like that. So um, we'd love, we'd love everyone to um, engage with it and start a debate. And, you know, my whole goal is really just to introduce this concept and, and get people um, talking about it and, and debating it and telling me I'm wrong, tell me I'm, right or somewhere in between and, and um, just being better marketers by poking some holes in, in the, the old gates of, of marketing. You have to like subscribe and, um, and share experience this amazing podcast.